0: Is the roof? My name is Bobby Corella. This guy is Mike Marshall. If you are watching us, thank you for watching. If you are only listening to this podcast, it is also available in video format on the Mavs YouTube channel. Mike, it is draft season. It's approaching. It is nine days away, and buddy, we have a lot of uh, a lot of prospects to talk about and stuff. Just like we do every year, we're going to kind of give everybody a glance at some of the top players in the draft. Later this week, we're going to talk about some guys throughout the first round. Maybe next week, get into some second-round guys. And I know you're probably thinking, Mike, the Mavs don't have a pick. No, they don't. So why are we doing this? And that is a pretty existential question. Specifically, though, Mike, why are we doing this?
1: Because basketball is fun. And knowing who the players that are going to shape the league for the next decade is probably good practice by us. I just think pretty good for our business. Um, if you don't know a thing about Cade Cunningham or know that he's good whenever the Pistons come into town, then you don't know how to promote that matchup. Right. And that's part of our job. Um, the other team does play a factor into what we do. So, uh, knowing these guys, knowing what the shape of the league is going to be the next decade, knowing if we do trade for a player, what he's about, what his style is, what flavor ice cream he is, is very important to me. And the draft is just super fun, man. Um, there are a lot of great people covering the draft at this point, but there's nothing like just diving into synergy and loading up 300 possessions of a guy you think is going to be a top five pick and deciding, is he a top five pick? Is he my favorite player in this draft or is he, you know, maybe fringe lottery guy and having your own take on it? Because these guys, some of these guys have been known for, I don't know, I've heard Kate Cunningham's name for four years. Uh, Jalen Suggs has been known for a long time because he does the grassroots stuff with Under Armour um, all of their camps so people know him a long way out and have takes on him probably at age 15 16 we jump in usually but some of these guys were in the G League obviously the guys we're talking about today but we usually jump in whenever they hit college and start seeing what they look like as 18, 19 year olds and Davion Mitchell's case 22 year old um, which is very rare nowadays but you know, I like seeing the finished product. I don't need to see you when you're playing at the camp at 16 years old necessarily. But some of the some of the guys go that far back, like Sam Vecini and Matt Penny, their podcast, which is awesome. I'd recommend anybody out there, Game Theory Podcast uh, on The Athletic or sponsored by The Athletic um, with Sam Vecini and Matt Penny. Matt Penny runs all the Under Armour camps. And so he's talking about guys that I have no idea who this kid is. And he's 16 and he's, like, playing in their Under Armour circuit. So we don't get that, that deep, but we always – attack it from a sense of what is this guy going to be in the league it's hard to project um if we could do it perfectly we'd have different jobs we'd be working somewhere else or in basketball ops if we could nail all of them but there's nothing like it or any me. of them Mike yeah just just one of them but uh this year's awesome uh what a crap what a crap it's a loaded class
0: on top man we've been hearing about this 2021 class for a very long time um, like you said, you know, Cade Cunningham has been a known quantity, Jalen Suggs, even Jalen Green. Uh, there's been guys who reclassified, like Jonathan Kuming is only 18 years old. All Jalen's. young. Yeah, there's like seven Jalens in this class. There's a lot of big guys, a lot of, a lot of big names. Uh, the Mavs, obviously, like we said, they don't have any picks, but they could always trade for a one. They could buy a two or trade for a two. They could just make a trade for a player. So draft night will be very busy no matter what. Uh, we're just going to take it all in. On the Mavs Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. That night, Mike and I and several other people will be doing a draft stream. All-star crew. We are going to cover at least the first round. Uh, we're going to stick around into the second, and then at some point we'll probably fold up shop because the draft is about like 12 hours long. We it's don't want to be there long. all night. But like last season, we did a stream. The Mavs had the 31st pick. We were just about to wind things down, and then they made a trade so luckily we didn't. You never know what's going to happen, so uh, tune in on twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks because the 2021 draft is going to be awesome. There's a ton of guys in the top 10 that, are, that should be very good, a ton of guys throughout the first round, and even into the second round that are going to be good. So what we're going to do today is focus on that top 10, and now depending on which site you go to, depending on your own sort of um, you know pillars of, of draft evaluation that you rely on Your top ten might look very different than mine, than Mike's, than Jalen's behind the camera. It might look different than Dirk and the Rocks and Harrison Ford's, Um, but there is kind of a consensus group of guys.
1: See Harrison Ford's list. Yeah, yeah, like George Mike in one through (laughs) ten. Like pencil it in.
0: The guys at the very top are going to be like the same. These are your Cade Cunningham's, Evan Mobleys, uh, all of the Jalen's, Kaminga. You know, maybe Scotty Barnes. So we're going to talk about a lot of those guys today, not spending more than like four or five minutes per guy, uh, just to kind of give you a very basic understanding. One more thing to plug, Mike, before yeah. we get started with the actual players is two days after the draft, we're going to be having a huge Mavs party, uh, draft recap, free agency look ahead. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be at the pub in McKinney from 1 to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, mm-hmm. It is also going to be in support of our very good friend Jonathan Sharks from The Ringer, one of the very best draft minds in the game. Talking about prospects, I've learned so much from him over the years about these guys. Um, he is suffering from cancer right now and getting uh, treatment to recover and everything. So we're going to hopefully raise a lot of money for him that day. There's also a GoFundMe
1: link, Mike, out there right yeah. now, too. Yeah, so GoFundMe.com and just search Jonathan Sharks. That is Sharks t- with a T-J-A-R-K-S. That's how you spell Not the man's the last, easiest name. last name. To spell. No, it looks weird on paper. It sounds awesome when you say "sharks," though. Uh, so yeah, if you just put in there "Jonathan Sharks" or just "sharks" in general, it'll bring up uh, "Let's help our friend Jonathan Sharks" the page. Um, and if you want to donate, if you feel so inclined, please do. Um, you're gonna hear a lot about it um, draft night. We'll plug it that evening. Just remind you, but if you want to get ahead of it, um, GoFundMe.com. Search Jonathan Sharks. Help our buddy out. Help his family out. Um, it's got some incredible momentum thus far. Um, I mean, it's existed for all of, I think, two days, and there's 32000 thirty-three throughout $33,000 for the Sharks family in there thus far. Um, so, yeah, this would mean a lot to us. Um, you're going to hear a lot about it on draft night, on the 31st, if you don't come hang out with us and him. Uh, Bobby's dad owns the bar, so he said free food and beer from one to four is what Jim said. Uh, I would
0: not – right for
1: everyone is what he said everyone that shows up we can negotiate that but just coming out with us and do what what sharks enjoys the most which is talk about draft with with us and and uh, out. what he
0: enjoys the most is firing off takes without fear (laughs) of retribution (laughs) and when you say stuff in person there's no paper trail
1: right exactly hopefully we're not recording any of it so uh it's gonna be fun man it's gonna be a great time um and a great idea um to to get everyone together and and have a good time with sharks and talk about the draft which only he can do at that level so um gofundme.com search jonathan sharks if you want to donate please do please do like i'm not gonna tell you what to do with your money, do with your money. just do it yeah. i will just smash that it. link man smash just do it. it
0: um all right mike without further ado so uh i brought five guys to the table you brought mm-hmm. Four.
1: More of a four guys guy. I don't I don't go to five guys. Yeah, you
0: work harder, not smarter. Right. Um, I'm just a, an overdoer, I guess. Maybe I'm compensating for... So I'm trying to earn a raise. You are my boss, after all. Hopefully, we'll you see. are paying attention we'll to all see. this hard work I'm doing. So, because I have five and you have four, do you want to start with me and go, me, you, me, you, me, you, me, you, me? Or do you want to start with you because you have the consensus, well, mostly consensus number one pick?
1: You can lead off. You can, you can be the, uh, the Kenny Lofton if you want. You can be Ricky Henderson Okay. and take the leadoff spot. Pick your, pick your poison. It doesn't matter what order. I mean, these are all kind of, I don't know what list you went off of to, to assign guys, but some of the guys jump around on mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no, there's no particular order we're going in, no. by the way. Well,
0: so. I'll start off with probably the best player that I watched and maybe even the best player in the draft. Um, our guy Jonathan Chark says that he is the biggest prize in the draft. This is Evan Mobley, mm. the big out of USC, seven foot two fifteen, seven four wingspan. Mikey averaged sixteen and a half points, almost nine boards, three blocks. Uh, led the Pac-12 in offensive and defensive rating. He is a very, very, very freaking good player. That sounds Mike. good. Yeah, he is very good. Also led the Pac-12 in field goal percentage. Uh, you think a big man? His post-up numbers weren't very good, but that's good because in the NBA, he's not going (laughs) to post up at all. You're not going to do it. Everything else, he was extremely good at. Rolling to the rim, uh, he can do that. Obviously, big leaper, very long arms, so he can get up and catch lobs and throw it down. Uh, He has very good uh, footwork. He's a very nimble guy, so he can catch it on the move. Um, A lot of the times at USC, because they had another big on the floor, it was kind of like He's picking, and popping to like 18 feet, almost into some high-low, but if the big is on the opposite side of the key, then he has a little more freedom to drive, and he's able to get around these slower guys in college, take one or two dribbles, step through, shot fake, turn around, little floater, baby hook. He had this little push shot that's very good, uh, really, really good touch around the rim, can step out to about 18, 15, 18 feet pretty consistently, um, but his free throw percentage only about 69%, three-point percentage only about 30%, so... You know, his range might not be all the way out to the three-point line yet. It might be a process. But his jump shot, for the most part, is, like, pretty good, I would say. Uh, he kind of has, like, a little, like like – very uh not Giannis and the like Giannis's offhand is behind the ball but mm-hmm. Giannis and that's very like palmy
1: shot okay
0: so uh you know he's not, not a finished not product on the
1: fingertips
0: correct yeah a um, bit of a so ball. uh yeah one time he took like a little 19 footer and he banked it in from straight away <laughs> and i was like i don't know but that was, that was the first shot i saw him take and okay. then the rest of them looked good so maybe yeah. that was just like one bad shot um but dude i mean he's got the footwork the jump shot he can pop he can put it on the floor catch it on the short roll and dude, this guy can pass too. I mean, he can make like pass it to the weak side corner uh, with his back to the basket, turn around, read the floor, look for cutters, look for guys spotting up, uh, put it on the floor, make plays on the move, which is really good because in the NBA, this guy is what, seven foot, 215. He's very slim. Um, I would say from day one, probably not a center because he's not particularly beefy. Uh, if he goes to like Houston at number two, for example, they already have Christian Wood. If he goes to Detroit number one, they already have Isaiah Stewart, so maybe he comes in as a four. Uh, so you're going to have a guy in the dunker spot. So him b- being able to make plays off the off the move, kind of like in that sort of dead space between the free throw line and the restricted area is really important uh, because you know, you're know you going to have a guy at the rim already, so you can't just roll all the way to the rim. But he can do all that stuff, man. He's really, really, really talented player, and that's to say nothing of his defense. Um, it's not that he's like – standing at the rim waiting for you to come to him so that he can block your shot. He's stepping out and challenging guys on the perimeter. Uh, he's very quick, so he can step out. You know, In the NBA, I'm not sure he can like switch on to Dame or anything yet, but he projects to be that kind of guy that can switch, uh, can defend in space, and also be a backline guy. You can steer guys into him, and he can block and make all those simple plays like that too. But he just makes plays off the ball. He reads the plays. He's no, He knows what's going to happen, um, and kind of the... I'm probably forgetting somebody, but the last guy that was really kind of like him, big-time, defensive, unicorn-type big, uh, coming out of college was Jaron Jackson Jr. a few mm-hmm. years ago. Um, at least that's, like, you know, top-of-the-draft guys. See, that, that kind of shooter? Uh, like, he's, not good, he's not as good. Jaron's, like, 40% shooter.
1: Yeah, and Jaron was, like, just streaky where he would take over games. Um, and just knock down, like, five threes in a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mobley's not doing that. Although he, can, he can't he hit some shots, but he's not doing that from distance. But um, on defense, able to switch, block shots and stuff, kind of reminiscent of Jaron Jackson. But Jackson, in his lone season at Michigan State, averaged 5.9 fouls per 40 minutes. Yeah, Mobley, in his one season at USC, averaged 2.1 fouls per 40 minutes. So, okay. like, he's making all these plays, blocks, three blocks a game, a steal, a steal and a half per game without committing any fouls. And so, I mean, for me, the only question right now is, from day one, is he kind of like Jackson in that you draft him to a team that already has a big, like Jaron is developing next to Jonas Valanciunas in Memphis – Um, Or do you draft him to be the lone big? Like, if you're Houston, you draft him. You're not going to get rid of Christian Wood to develop Evan Mobley, but those two guys can coexist. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm projecting, obviously. Detroit with Isaiah Stewart, same thing. Or maybe you bring Stewart off the bench. I have no idea. There's other guys at the top of the draft, uh, other teams. I mean, Cleveland uh, kind of has a need for a big. I guess they have Jared Allen. Mobley and Allen together could maybe work. I don't know. I don't know what their deal is with Kevin Love. Toronto with Siakam. You know, Mobley, Siakam, Mononoby is a lot of length. I mean, I don't know, it's, it's very, he's a very exciting player, and uh, I can understand why somebody like Charks, who still has a kind of a soft spot in his heart for bigs, uh, would say that he's like the number one guy, even over Cade, because this guy has like no holes in his game outside of maybe not being able to shoot the three from day one. But dude, I mean, the guy's, he's unbelievable.
1: Is passing what sets him apart from, I guess, the traditional run of bigs that we've seen the last couple of years, right?
0: Well, and quickness on defense, too. I mean, like, the differences between him and Wiseman, you know, Wiseman couldn't shoot probably even as well as Mobley can. Um, But he can step out and will step out. And he's got a lot of talent and stuff. But, I mean, like, on on defense, like, Mobley's just, like, levels above where Wiseman was. Um, I mean, he's just, dude, like, he's not like Willie or Nerlens in that he's, like, cat quick, step out on the perimeter and, like, strip the ball and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he can move his feet.
1: Once, like once engaged can. he like stays in front of the guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And and he can. he's a vacuumer on the rim mm-hmm. too. I mean, he's just like he's just very extremely polished and he's only like 19. I mean, it's just it's very very exciting.
1: Yeah. I mean, if those shooting numbers come up or if, you know, I don't expect anyone at 18, 19 to be the shooter they're going to be at 21, 22 or even a year after being in the league. That's that's obviously what makes a Big special nowadays is being able to pick and pop instead of just constantly. There's almost like two positions there's like rim runner, your Capella, your Jared Allen, and then there's what you'd consider as a big now, which is a guy that can do it all, right? Which is everyone's trying to be KP plus. Mm. Um, so just calling him a big, I feel like, isn't. Quite fair. I don't know. We there's like 19 positions in basketball now. <laughs> Everyone's think. I mean, he's that, a big. Yeah,
0: he's like, like his dude. I don't like doing this stuff because most of the time I don't know what I'm talking about in the draft. But like his <laughs> offensive ceiling is more of like an Anthony Davis type player. Okay. Than like a Jared Allen or you know. Gotcha. Like I'm like a Christian Wood type guy, and that he can just he can score from everywhere, and mm-hmm. you can. He's more than just. If the big steps out too far, then I'm gonna lob it to him for a dunk. Like he's okay. way, way more than that offensively.
1: Gotcha. So you, there's there's more you can do in the playbook besides try and create a foot race. Yeah, you can play him. through him. Awesome. That's interesting. Um, obviously, the the shooting touch is what you look for development there. Sharks um, wrote on the recap that <laughs> Shaq's gonna hate him because his post game uh, isn't super polished. But man. I don't really care if a big has a post game dude, right he now. He doesn't
0: need it at all. But also with this combination of like sort of nimble footwork and touch, he can develop it yeah. over time. But like you don't need a post game. It's
1: almost like I'm more concerned if Kate Cunningham has a post game. Yeah, because yeah. they're gonna he's gonna get more entry passes on the block than mm-hmm. Evan Mobley probably will next yeah, year. Yeah,
0: he's gonna be guarded by point guards. Speaking yeah. of
1: which, Kate Cunningham, dude. Yeah. So I've had we've had this conversation a couple times about okay. I just need to adjust my thought process on what... It started with Kelly Oubre, right? I need to adjust my process on what a lottery wing player is nowadays. You just play one season, and your numbers don't have to be particularly good, and uh, you just got to go to a blue blood program and be 6'8 to 6'10, and you're in the lottery. And that's how it works if you're a two-way wing player or two-way wing player, right? Because uh, the projection is so high, that value return on investment for taking a guy in the top 15, top 14 lottery. Uh, You know, they could turn out to be, in a couple years, Pascal Siakam, or they could turn out to be that guy from Tulane last year that just never really made it in the league, right? Um, Or two years ago, that never really made it in the league. So I'm at that point with big ball handlers. Matt Forte? (laughs) Yeah, Matt Forte. Um, No, uh, Joe Montana's kid. Um, No, So I'm at that point with big ball handlers where I'm like, I started watching Cade Cunningham going, okay, wow me. like Show me something like I have not seen that tells me you're the number one overall pick. And that's probably the wrong way to go into an evaluation, right? But at first, you're just watching for fun. You're just watching for interest. And then you get to possession number 200, and you're like, I saw that thing earlier. Is he doing it again? Or does it look better at this point? Um, And I probably did the wrong thing of watching in reverse, watching tournament, Big 12 tournament, and then regular season. Um, and you're probably – I don't know. Some guys, you see the best of them in the tournament, and then some of them you see – it's clear they've been playing basketball for five months and they're tired and this doesn't look that great and their team is getting exposed.
0: You were setting this up to just
1: mercilessly <laughs> pick apart no, Kate Cunningham. No, he did, he just didn't play very well in the tournament um, and didn't play super well deep in the, in the Big 12 tournament. Um, but – He's 6'8", he runs a trillion pick-and-roll possessions and is comfortable doing it and really doesn't turn the ball over in those scenarios. So what's the value in projecting a guy with that size? Everyone's trying to get to Luka, to James Harden, to you know whoever those three or four dudes are now that are in the league. Everyone's trying to – I just want a lottery ticket at that. So he is worthy of the number one pick. Me going in saying I've heard his name for two or three years and he's the number one pick a couple years out probably wasn't fair. There is an evaluation that needs to happen by the Pistons. Is it Cade Cunningham? Is it Jalen Green? Is it Jalen Suggs? Is it Davion Mitchell? Is it Evan Mobley? Uh, is it Jonathan Kaminga? You know, throw in all the dudes. And they're going to do that. I think they're the team that doesn't They're prescribe. at least going
0: to say that they're going to do that. Well, they
1: don't prescribe to groupthink. Yeah. I think they're very much a team that's like, yeah, we're going to do our own evaluation. Thanks. You know. they
0: took Isaiah Stewart last year, what, like sixteenth overall? Dude, we yep. were memeing them yep. on a live stream. Yes, <laughs> and Isaiah Stewart is a badass. Yeah,
1: yeah. They don't they don't prescribe to groupthink. They're gonna do their own evaluation and they don't really care what you think about it. And that's that's cool. I like that. Especially for a team that's got some building blocks and is, you know, probably <laughs> one pick, the first overall pick away from having something that's pretty scary. Um, but back to Cade, the stuff you're gonna I kinda sort this by statue of love. Traits you'll love, stats you'll hate, traits you'll hate, and then I just kind of have my notes, right? So that's the format and how I read these out. But stats love, he's a great shooter, man. 40% from three on six plus six attempts a game. Free throw rate um, is super high, and free throw percentage is super high. Uh, I think it was 87% or something like that from the free throw line. 170 pick and roll possessions uh, for a lead guard is a very high number in college. Um they just did it over and over with him, which is, you know, they might have been a better team if they ran something else or ran something, diversified their offense. But you're playing at Oklahoma State, and just honestly, you put on that tape and you watch Oklahoma State Cowboys last year, and there's some dudes that probably are on the football team or, you know, dudes that just aren't going to the league setting screens for him, and there's no fear of the guy diving or the guy popping. And Cade is just running a pick and roll and chugging into the lane. There's four dudes, and they're playing Giannis defense against him. And early in the season, he had some answers for that. He had some, I'm bigger than you, I can just simply make one or two moves and get the angle I'd like and get the shot up. Big 12 tournament, and in the uh, first two rounds of the tournament that they played in, I didn't feel like he had a lot of a plan once he got past the first defender and got in there. And either the second guy helped or the third guy helped and clogged the lane. So there's a 29% usage, which is incredibly high um, for any college player. Any of the guys I scouted on here, but he is that kind of ball handler. Like he ha- he leads every single possession. So the stuff stats you're not gonna like: four turnovers a game, 3.5 assists per game. More stuff to do, Mike. Turnovers. Then assists as a lead ball handler on a Big Twelve offense. The Big Twelve was not good this year. They played some really, really bad teams. Um,
0: but I mean, he's yeah. not playing in NBA space, you know. And as you ask the you ask the question, right? And if I dime stuff.
1: this guy up, is he going to knock down the shot, right? Mm. So am I creating assist opportunities that are good, and my guys just aren't finishing? And they had zero role men. Like theirs is not a time that I watched that I thought that's a good pick and roll and the big should be getting the ball and finishing. Um, So another stat you're not going to like, he turned the ball over 26% of the time in transition. It's tough to do more than one out of every four possessions in transition. He turned the ball over. (laughs) So that's either trying to advance the ball dribbling it up you think of how a transition possession starts it just didn't it went the other way and that's live ball turnovers like four-point swing usually right um, 43.8% field goal percentage overall which from two his numbers aren't great yeah, only
0: he's, 46% on twos Luca yeah. last year by comparison was 56% but as a rookie uh, he was only 50.3. So there's, you know, you can, you can, as you develop a little more touch, you can boost that. Yeah. Does he have a floater?
1: <sighs> I wouldn't really call it a floater. He has a, I'm going to get in the lane, and I'm going to put my back to you and kind of balance myself again. And I'm 6'8", and I'm going to throw this little shot that I'm kind of comfortable Luca-ish, with.
0: Luka-ish, sort of. It took Luca a little bit to get the floater down. But he's got, yeah. he's got the runner. And, like, you do need that because you're 100%. not going to dunk over the guy at the rim. 100%.
1: And I don't know if it's, there's probably one or two things that'll just unlock his game. And I'll look like an idiot for not saying he's the 1 1 without question. Don't delete this footage, <laughs> edit this part out. Yeah. Um, and it's probably just a simple get a little bit faster and get some strength and balance. And then there is a guy on your hip still, and you can still get that floater up like Luca does. Luca gets you in a torture chamber when you're on his hip, right? You're just, you're either going to foul me, I'm going to get the shot I want, or I'm going to get the pass I want. K doesn't really have that. He gets past the guy, and he's not fast enough to, like, be at the basket yet before help gets there, and he doesn't really have a ton of diversity in his moves when attacking the basket. The floater isn't there. The floater would unlock a lot, but to get to that point where you can shoot that floater without it being a mess and just flying off the window the other direction, you got to be really strong, right, and balanced. doesn't really have that. Um, They ran a ton of stuff, just, like, like double screens for him trying to get him the ball and mismatched on a guy, and a lot of the times – He got the shot off, so he ran the play. He just couldn't really take advantage of the mismatch unless it was on the block. So they're trying to get him matched up on a big or a really small dude on the wing and say, go to work, best ball handler in college basketball, number one overall pick. And he just didn't really get shots that I thought were quality looks at that point. Um, So either get faster or strictly get the ball on the block whenever you're in a mismatch um gets to the lane and like i said doesn't have much of a plan besides i'm bigger than you um the shooting is just start walking to the other end if he's open man very smooth very easy does get the three blocked a little too much for me because he comes out of this like side pocket like he's pulling his wallet out out of his out of his pants and like shooting like it comes up like that um but it's, it works. I mean, he shoots 40-plus percent and looks like every ball should be going in, and it's soft every miss. There's never, like, an issue of doesn't get his legs underneath him or anything like that. Uh, but the lack of explosiveness can be worked on. That's something that he can develop. Um, so the comp, I would say, at this point, it's, it's lamello without the insane pas- passing and vision and the just willingness to try stuff, right? So just always kind of slower, always playing at his own pace, prodding, but you never have to fully respect it because the ball is not going to go to the spot that you, you fear the most, right? So he's doing doing the work in the pick and roll and like, kind of like doing the stuff and prodding and getting in spaces where you're uncomfortable. It's just like, okay, you're there. Like, I'm going to give you this post move if you, if you, if you take it. Um, the, so in summation, the lack of athleticism is really concerning. Lack of burst, the craftiness around the rim needs to get better uh shoots from the low side pocket got three blocked a little too uh often for for my taste but he's a six eight ball handler who runs pick and roll and is really really good at it um and shot 40 percent from three so if that's the number one overall pick and that's the most valuable projection and the best traits that are out there this year I'm okay with it I'm okay with it um
0: He's only 19, too. Yeah, and he's only so 19. A lot of this stuff can be ironed out.
1: And Only 19. He's going to be playing with NBA space and an NBA roster, obviously, as soon as October, which could change everything. Um, so, Although the Pistons,
0: man, I mean, Sadiq Bey obviously can shoot it, but a lot... Uh, Jeremy Grant, I guess, can sort of shoot, but I mean, there's not like... A whole lot of shooting on that team. Yeah. But I guess it's the early stages for them of a rebuild if he does go number one. you know, For sure. And you can, once you have the one guy, you know, once you have the Luka or the Harden or, like, your version of those guys, then you can sort of, you know, continue mm-hmm. sort of building around them. Well,
1: it's good they have Killian Hayes because I don't know if Cade Cunningham needs 60 possessions in a pick-and-roll offense every night. Or if you kind of want to split that they're up.
0: They're going to do the Luka Dennis thing. Yeah. <laughs> that will be cool.
1: Super fun. <laughs> yeah. That always ends well. Um, but, yeah, he's he's awesome, man. It's just, I don't know, watching some of these other dudes that had figured out exactly what they needed to do. And, yeah, they're on better teams or in the G League. And they, were, they were just a better watch.
0: It would have been cool to see Cade Cunningham play for Gonzaga. I 100%. Mean, be, or, like, play for Michigan yeah, or something. Yeah, just go that play for awesome. Baylor, dude. Yeah. And,
1: like... You're just getting transition buckets after transition bucket. Yeah, it would have it would have been great. Yeah.
0: Um, so I said four to five minutes on each guy. We've spent like 20 minutes on the first so that two. So Those are the two best players. They are the two best players. They are the two. Um, I, if I would be – well, I guess Houston has been linked a lot to uh, – Houston as the number two pick right now. They've been linked a lot to Jalen Green, which mm-hmm. is going to be your next guy that you talk about. Yep. So Mobley might not even be a top two pick. But, uh, dude, for me, like – I would even have thoughts about taking him number one overall. I, I, I love that guy's game. I love Cade, too. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just falling into the big man trap, and Mobley's like the fifth or sixth best yeah. player. But, I mean, dude, from what I saw, that guy is a bona fide stud. But
1: Cade is the quarterback that won the national championship sophomore junior year. Yeah. You just gotta take them number one. You're but just like I Mobley got to. is
0: like the pass rusher. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. He's Miles
1: Garrett, and you're just like, yeah, that guy's gonna play for a decade and be awesome. I know yeah. it.
0: I think they both are though. They're both like even if even if Evan Mobley isn't Anthony Davis and even if Katie Cunningham isn't Luka Doncic, like if they're like you can squint your eyes and almost see those guys, then they're gonna have incredible careers. Yeah. You know, incredible careers. The next two guys I want to talk about, Jonathan Kuminga and Jalen Green, (laughs) both played for G League Ignite.
1: uh, Yeah, like what is G League Ignite, number one? (laughs) Yeah, so it's the. (laughs) It's like a traveling spaceship of basketball. Like, why don't they have a location? It's it's an
0: NBA run, basically, elite team in the G League that is meant for guys who, instead of playing college basketball, they play for G League Ignite for usually one season, get paid a ton of money. Like, Jonathan Kuminga, I think, made 500 grand. Jalen Green might have even made a million. Uh, they got paid a lot of money, and there's some other guys, Isaiah Todd and some uh, Nix, I think, played for them, and and some other guys too, um, that got paid a lot of money to instead of go for co- go to college, they play for G League at night. Now, of course, the NCAA is allowing players to profit off their um, likeness, yeah, Name, their likeness, and, and image, image and likeness and stuff, and so. Um, I'm curious to see how that affects G League Ignite. But anyway, those two guys were the two like most elite prospects on that team. And this is the first season of G League Ignite. But the G League played a very condensed season in a bubble. So uh, they both it's played. 15? Only. Yeah, they, well, they played 13 games. Jeez. Well, Kaminga played 13 games. I don't know how many. Maybe green yeah, or something. Played 15. Um, yeah. So it's a very small sample size that we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and it's a very weird situation because, obviously, the G League is elite athletes, you know, NBA-caliber athletes that are just trying to refine their skill, a lot of younger guys. Um, but on G League Ignite, these guys are – it's a lot of, like, 18-, 19-year-olds. Jonathan Domingo doesn't turn 19, I think, until, like, December or something. Um, these guys are teenagers, and they're playing with, like – Jarrett Jack and Bobby Brown <laughs> yeah. and Brandon Ashley and, like, a lot of guys that are sort of journeyman types at the NBA level um, that are kind of, you know, on the on the back end of their career. And so instead of having a team full of, like, 23-year-olds, it's like a team whose average age is 23 because you got a bunch of really young kids and a bunch of really old guys. Uh, coach- Joe Johnson's going to show up and take all your minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, coached by Brian Shaw. Yeah. So they ran a lot of triangle, which is kind of weird, too, because – uh, you know, no one really runs the triangle anymore. But not going to help you a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of setting the stage. Like, And I'm not skeptical of the project. I think it's great that these guys were able to make a lot of money, and I'm sure they learned a whole lot for Brian Shaw, who's, you know, coached and played at a very high level for a long time. Uh, Jarrett Jack, long-time NBA player, Bobby Brown, the guys that have been around, so I'm sure they learned a lot and had a great experience. But it's just sort of – it was strange watching Kuminga in particular because um, – They were just running – I mean, it's the triangle, so it's a lot of isolation. Um, Yep. And for a guy like Kuminga, who's shooting splits, 38.7% from the floor, 24.6 from two – or from three, sorry, 62.5% from the free throw line. Like, those numbers don't necessarily jump out to me and scream, like, you need to give him isos at the elbow (laughs) in the triangle and treat him like he's (laughs) Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen, you know. And that's what a lot of their offense was. It was a lot of, like, pinch post stuff, kind of like – kuminga had the ball like jalen green running off of him or kind yeah. of like the roles were reversed it wasn't really spread pick and roll and everything was flowing through those guys um and and to my point about isolation uh kuminga and again we're only talking about 13 games here but he only had 20 total possessions as the pick and roll ball handler w- including passes mm-hmm. in 13 games uh and now in the nba he's not going to be elite ball handler so maybe that doesn't matter but in those situations, out of those 20 possessions, only one of them w- was a pass. So in those <laughs> other 19 times, he's either getting fouled, shooting, or turning it over himself. And and that just is like, that. the numbers and watching them screams like, they were basically just told to just go out there and do whatever you want, yep. and just try and get better at stuff, which is cool. They were empowered the way that many college players would be, let's be real. But... In the G League, the competition is a little bit higher. The level of athleticism is a little bit higher. Commitment to defense is a little bit higher. And so it's just like, I don't know. Like, those numbers weren't very good. Mm -hmm. The film isn't necessarily very good. And now he is only 18 years old. Um, He is an elite athlete. I'm talking about Kuminga here. You're going to talk about Jalen Green. Yeah. Elite athlete. I mean, like, 6'8", foot wingspan, vertical for days. Like, dude, the guy is just... You look at him, the way he moves, the way he runs, the way he jumps, the way he defend, like not necessarily how he defends, but like how he looks when he defends. Like if you're at the gym about to play pickup and you see a guy like that, you're like, we are gonna, we're we <laughs> no chance. like he looks like a star. Uh-huh. He moves like a star. Uh, he has dribble moves that are like a star, but then he actually goes to shoot, and it's different. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's trying to stop oh, a guy and he can't stay in front of him, and it's.
1: Can I get a twenty? we forgot to do our time-honored tradition different ah. a problem or what was the other one bucket a bucket evan mobley is different dude different yeah okay kate cunningham's a problem
0: okay yeah okay
1: so sorry 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 yeah I it's, apologize. A, it's a, our bad it's our bad uh, kate cunningham's our, a problem evan mobley's a bu- uh he's different different so yeah if you're making the graphic
0: Kuminga, I don't know. Kuminga, like, he kind of played like he was trying to be a bucket. Because it was a lot of – it's a, just a lot of isolation, man. A lot of, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like uh, – The goal
1: of that offense is to get guys on the wing against G League defenders one-on-one. Yeah, like, but – that's and, all they're trying to do.
0: <laughs> but it was not – it just didn't really work, you know. Yeah. And and now, I mean, I don't know. I Like, he doesn't have a very good three-point shot. So I don't know how he fits in on an offense right away. He's 18. I think he needs to go to a team that is going to invest a, a whole lot of time and energy into developing his game, letting him play through his mistakes, letting him kind of learn and stuff. So I mean, I look at the draft order, like our guy Jamal Mosley in Orlando, like that's a good situation. OKC, okay, good situation, um, because you can just throw him out there and just see what happens. But I don't know. It was just very, it was very strange watching them because like he's getting a lot of isolations. He's not good in isolation um, on defense. He was guarding a lot of wings and he wasn't really doing that good of a job. Like he was biting on pump fakes, getting blown by all the time. He can recover all right because he's a great athlete, but just like the the process on both offense and defense, it just didn't feel like he was really I don't know. I, I don't I'm not trying to whatever. He he wasn't really like exerting himself too much on defense and on offense. It didn't really feel like he was being put in a position to be successful. It was just very strange. And so whenever both of those things are the case, it's like, is this guy good or was it a bad situation? Um, Again, he moves and looks and, and dribbles and attacks like an NBA player, like a star. And so I watch him and I think like, dude, he's just a very aesthetically pleasing player. Yeah. Um. And that, so that year, it that
1: hurt. It matter, hurt. It hurt his stock. Cause stuff I was reading beginning he was of the year. Potential number one pick. Yeah, he was p- top five, uh, beginning of the year before G League season started, and now, I mean, he's like somewhere between seven and ten on people's lists. So yep. there's it, no it way didn't around. Do it. He Did not him any favors?
0: Yeah. And now, would a year at college have done him favors? I don't know. I mean, he wouldn't have done the same stuff, so maybe it would have been a little better. I don't know. But like, I don't know. He's he's eighteen. He's, he's one of the youngest guys in the draft, if not the youngest guy in the draft. Um, he averaged seven rebounds a game. I
1: mean, like... Yeah, he, then what, what is he what does he play? Is he like a four? He's a wing. Is a wing? wing. Okay. He's like a three. Okay.
0: But he can't shoot it like a three. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Just think of like... Dude, he's like turbocharged Dorian Finney-Smith with like a lot more skill on the ball. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you think ceiling of like... Roof. Elite 3 and D wing. Yeah, well, the roof, When of I course. think ceiling, I think roof. After the roof. Elite 3 and D guy. Well, D guy, the 3 <laughs> hopefully can develop and then also you can go you can you can go to him in isolation and Kay. and hope that he can score because I mean, he has moves. He can spin, he can attack, uh he he can hesitate, he can change speeds and he, he and he can jump. I mean, he's so a There's
1: some Siakam projection in there? I wouldn't say that. I mean, man. I mean, Siakam wasn't Siakam for 3 years, right?
0: I mean, oh, maybe this is okay. This is probably way off base, but like maybe DeMar DeRozan, whoa okay. type of player. Okay, but that is probably that is probably stupid. Again, not a draft expert or a draft <laughs> guy anyway. But not like, a certified doctor. But dude, I mean, like I, I, I don't know. I mean, he can. I don't know. It's it's it was just very weird watching. It was very weird watching. I I don't know what his place is. I don't really know what he does well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how he looks. And I know he's 18, so give him some time and, and see what happens. But, I mean, I I don't know. I don't
1: know. So his teammate, Jalen Green, is on the exact same team. And like you mentioned, they run the triangle. Um, the last time we've seen the triangle consistently used in the NBA, it was Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom, and Kobe Bryant running it. So – I don't know if it's applicable to most situations. Like, I don't think if you, I don't think you pack your suitcase and bring the triangle with you everywhere you go and it makes sense, as Phil Jackson found out uh, in New York. But um, Jalen Green is a very easy scout. He's a he's combo guard. Like, that's it. He's a combo guard uh, in the shadow of Lou Will, Jordan Clarkson kind of combo guard. It's bigger than those guys though, he is right? he's a little bit bigger he's he's six five he only six five like i thought he was a little bit taller because he's so skinny he looks really long right and he kind of plays crouched over so he just kind of looks wider and bigger is it at
0: 165 yeah
1: dude dude's light dude's light but he i don't know if this will make sense but his speed plays to that weight he runs like he weighs 150 dude flies he, is, he might be the fastest player I've watched in the last three years. Just, there's a game going on that nine other people are participating in, and then there's a game where Jalen Green is going to run circles around you and try and get the ball in different situations. And it's really fun. It's super fun. I think the guy is going to be a pretty quick 20-point-a-game guy. Does he do anything else, really, right now? Not necessarily. I mean, he is—he's a bucket. <laughs> he's a bucket, right? It's a combo guard bucket. Um, so in the 15 games that we got to see from Jalen Green, um, 96th percentile in transition. He's just faster than Flying. everyone. Yeah. Faster than everyone, and can jump, quick jump, jump off one foot, jump off two feet, what you want, how you want it. And whenever he gets in the lane, like if you're one-on-one with him, and it's not your point guard on him or your quickest defender. Dude, it's like two right-hand power dribbles, and he is in the paint, in your kitchen. And the thing I really, really like about him is, number one, he just jumps and he just hovers forever. Like, he's just in the air. Like, he's gonna, he can give you two moves on his jump, and he finishes almost everything, man. Like, he's light, and you think he'd get knocked off and kind of, like, get bodied and end up in the front row. Dude finishes everything. Left hand, right hand. He's going to find an angle at the basket that he wants to get the ball. That's why – that's the Lou Will comp for me is, like, you don't know he is where he is and then the ball is off the backboard and in with, like, the easiest shot you can you could possibly come out of there with. Skinny version of Ant might be appropriate. Just to do that is running around, like, raising hell. Just Zach constantly. Levine, tall, yeah.
0: Slin- slender.
1: Yeah. Levine's fitting. Um does like to yam on people like he tried to end somebody's life and like the
0: but it didn't work right? he no. got fouled or missed the dunk or something he missed the
1: dunk he sure have missed the dunk but he had he did it a couple times where he just ended people's lives like i was like game should stop yeah he's not afraid no and one of the critiques of mine that i have of him is okay a lot of this stuff happened when you're down like 20 in a g league game and you're just like okay whatever like i'm going to try this so if he unlocks that little bit of, like, try this stuff, like, okay. So on spot-ups, 46%, 82nd percentile, good for G League. Statue of hate, um, pick-and-roll ball handler, 20th percentile. Three games of which he went 0 of 6 from 3 or worse. Or worse. Or worse. He had an o for 7 game. Whew, okay. Two 0 for 6 games from 3 and an 0 for 7 game. He just doesn't... I don't know. It's it's simple to say, like, okay, at this point in a player's evolution, he should be able to load up, balance, bend, catch the ball, shoot on a spot up. He does that fine. Dude does way too much of in between the legs, back and forth, rock back and forth, the Lucas step back. And he's just so skinny. Like, there's no weight to it. Like, it's just like like you're just flinging a ball, like you're playing high-lie or something. Like, the ball's going to come out really weird, off balance, um, but I mean, he makes enough of him where people think he can develop some kind of shot, and he's willing to do it. That's what's probably most important at this point in his career. He's willing to do it. He's willing to try pull-ups. He's willing to try step-backs. Once he does get into the lane and pass that first defender, which is very easy for him, if it's a pull-up, dude, I would just let him shoot it right now. Just go ahead, bud. Knock yourself out. Just don't get at the rim. Um, like I said, completely different speed than everyone else. Athleticism is off the charts. Need to put on some weight, clearly. Um, shot selection is, is pretty bad. Um, 30% on pull-ups right now, or 34% on pull-ups right now. Incredible finisher around the rim. You just never – you never think the jumper's going in, one of those dudes. <laughs> and maybe it's just watching 15 games or I'm like, ah, ah, ah. It's like I make a sound every time he – Again, they kind of had this perpetually green light, you yep. know,
0: both he and, and Kaminga did.
1: Yes, but a very quick 20 point game guy. That's going to happen – I don't know, second or third season. So you, like, give him the b- – I mean, you don't give him the keys, right? Like, is No, he, he's, he's good, not a He's good <laughs>
0: playing with a distributing yes. point guard yes. kind of guy? Yes, 100%. Okay, because in, in Houston, it's like Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, who's their point guard? <sighs> I don't know.
1: I have no idea. Legit, who's who's um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That uh, guy, that was rookie it? that was playing? Uh, Why do we not know this? Who's the rookie that started playing for them that was pretty good? Uh, Colorado Rockies, John Wall, Colorado, Rockies DJ
0: Augustine, uh, Jayshon Tate,
1: Jason. I mean, he Tate, plays like yeah. forward. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, I guess point forward. I don't know, man. I mean, it's not a, it's not a great fit. KPJ, Jalen Green, backcourt. I guess John Wall. You need a point guard. Yeah, like that's pretty clear. Like, yeah, that's not Jalen Green at all. He's not a point guard. Yeah, he could bring the ball up, and you know, DJ Wilson is on the Rockets. Okay. I guess that was a P.J. Tucker trade. Um,
0: that was a trade? I thought he got bought out. Uh, I don't huh, know. I guess it was a trade. Yeah, they gave him a pick, yeah.
1: Very thin. Jumper needs a lot of work. Bad shot selection. Not necessarily a passer, but is a walking bucket. And is going to be the fastest player for, I don't know, until until he puts on a ton of weight. He's going to
0: have, like, a 40-point game. His yeah, he's going to have a Roddy B game.
1: Yeah. For sure. If he's knocking out a three, like, that's a nightmare. Mm. If I could guard that guy all the way out, no. Yeah. I'm not doing it. So Jalen Green is really fun. I um, think he's going to be a really good pro for a long time and might end up being a six man. But he is he's the combo guard. He's the two. You fill out the roster, you feel good. All right, let's crank up the speed a little bit yeah. too.
0: Yeah. Uh, next up, I'm going to skip down the list further. Scotty okay. Barnes. Quick riser. Well, not quick riser. I guess he's sort of been a slow riser because at the beginning of draft season, he was ranked lower in the top 10. Um, Kevin O'Connor's updated draft board on the ringer.com yesterday, Mike, had him listed at number five. Wow. Um, so uh, people's opinions of him are climbing. See Patrick Williams? Well, no. And as, as a matter of fact, I was talking uh, to Jonathan Charks about Scotty Barnes right before we started this podcast. He
1: does sound like a fake player that's in like an Airbud movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, we're going to meet Scotty Barnes in the final. He's an all-star. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was talking to Charks about him uh, while you were yelling at me to stop the conversation. I was yeah, trying so to gather last-minute intel. Yeah, so I could do this for the fans. Uh, similar to Patrick Williams, though, he's actually, he's a sixth man. He won ACC Sixth Man of the Year. I don't know what the deal is. What is Florida State doing with like lottery picks and coming off the bench, dude? Like, what a luxury to have. But, I mean, Scotty Barnes is a very, very interesting player. Okay, so it's important to remember that he was coming off the bench, so he's playing limited minutes. He averaged ten points, four assists, four rebounds. Uh, but per 40 minutes, again, because he's he was only playing about 21 minutes a game, per 40, he's averaging nearly 17 points to go along with 6.5 assists and 6.5 and rebounds. So he's like a stat-stuffing machine. That's what they
1: figured out. They figured out that – Nerds like us love per 36 and per 40 projections. <laughs> less time. Yeah. What if yeah. I played him two minutes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but just they're really good. He and he got then, one bucket. Yeah. And then you project it per 40, and these draft nerds are going to love it. Yeah. He uh, yeah,
0: averaged a steal and a half per game, shot 50 from the field, 27 and a half from three, 62 from the free throw line. Um, the, the, my first note of Scotty Barnes, the dude's fashion game is just next level. Oh, yeah? Um, so he is six foot seven with a seven, two wingspan and Mm -hmm. his legs are like equally long. So he's all limbs. Okay. Short shorts. The shorts are meant for someone that's like five, seven, if that. (laughs)
1: Like it. Like very short
0: shorts. So the gams look very long. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he wears, okay. So most of the time, sometimes he wears, um, similarly sort of length socks that are similar in length, but (laughs) most of the time. (laughs) He wears a uh, like right, a normal right sock shin guard. on his left leg. Uh-huh. So like I'm talking like normal, you know, ankle sock sort of. On the right leg he's got a knee sock. That's awesome. So we got different length socks, extremely short shorts, and the dude's arms are He's got a he's plus seven wingspan, dude. He looks he is, like his
1: right leg's ready to go play soccer.
0: Yeah, dude, he is ready to rock and roll at all With times. But the left one is not. You Never know what he's gonna do. Um, he's just a really, really impressive dresser, but also an <laughs> Im- impressive player. Uh, very unique player too. And I, I don't really know what to kind of make of him because, uh, again, he's you know a freshman, so he's only 18, 19 years old, or whatever. The three point shot. Very, very work in progress. Um, his jumper, generally, not very good. But, dude, he can pass so well. Now, I'm talking like pick guys out, weak side corner from 40 feet away, on the money, no look passes, swing, swing, entry passes. Uh, so as a pick-and-roll ball handler, he played point guard for them. <laughs> He's six foot seven. Awesome. played point guard for them. Uh, as a ball handler, ranked in the 47th percentile as a scorer. But in the 98th percentile as a passer. Okay. So, I mean, he is making the right plays we all the something. time, putting the ball on the floor, and that's with getting, like, no respect as a pull-up shooter. So guys are just going underneath, dropping mm-hmm. way back. He's still able to sort of matriculate his way into the lane and pick out the right shooters. Um, but the, the flip side of playing point guard in college is that he's not going to play point guard in the NBA. Uh, because he he can't pull up and and he's not just like necessarily quick enough or anything, um, so kind of the question is what role does he fill? Is he like Draymond? Draymond is like a once in a lifetime yeah, kind of player that doesn't happen. Yeah, and so w- who are other sort of like who are what what is the archetype of a six foot seven guy that can really pass the ball but can't shoot it? Ben Simmons. I mean, I don't really know what we're working with here, uh, but he's a super intriguing player, super intriguing prospect. Uh, defensively, I mean, dude, 6'7", 225, 7'2", two wingspan, that is like the perfect mold for mm-hmm. a defender, but because he was playing a lot of point guard in college, and then he was defending a lot of point guards in college, and he can't really stay in front of the smaller quicker guys, um, and so that's, you know, he, again, he's not going to defend Stefan Dame in the NBA, he can defend threes and fours, which is good because he'll be playing three and four, so it's easy to kind of, you don't have to worry about cross matches or anything, um, but some of the defensive tape is a little confusing because he's guarding, like, a six-one guy that's mm-hmm. getting by him super easily. Not going to be an issue in the NBA. But it is just very weird because he's, like, he's physically fit right now to compete against NBA-level wings. Maybe not, like, the super fastest ones, um, but, I mean, big, bulky wings, he can hang with them for sure. Uh, he's got to develop his jump shot, got to add some quickness, but, I mean, dude, guy who can pass like that is just, it is, it's really, really weird, watching him play because I'm not used to seeing a freshman sixth man at Florida State able to pick apart a defense the way he can. I, I just don't know what to make sense of it.
1: Florida State's the new Kentucky where they're just messing with us. Like, we're never going to start Devin Booker, you know, or Tyler Tyler Harrow is going to play like point guard or something like that. Uh, Patrick Williams and now Scotty Barnes are like, okay, fifth overall picks, didn't start don't really have a position besides your point guard at the top of the key and you operate in the elbow, and fig- we'll figure it out. Like, we're going to out-athlete yeah, you. Yeah, their position is
0: good. Yeah, position you is know.
1: make stuff happen. Um, that's intriguing. Uh, we need to put him through the, the NBA wing factory and see if he comes out the other side like OG and an OB and, the, like, the 50 other dudes we've thrown in there. Um, yeah, I mean, OG
0: is kind of an interesting comp. Or, um, uh, I just had another one, like M- Miles Bridges, but he's better passing than Miles Bridges, maybe less dynamic off the bounce, less explosive in a, of an athlete. So there, there's really no, like, player-for-player player sort of comp for him. But, I mean, OG is
1: interesting. OG is interesting. And throwing a guy that's this raw at NBA front offices is just, it's just cheating. Like, everyone thinks you can turn – everyone thinks they can fix him. Oh. There's nothing to fix. Well, I know that wasn't that was a joke about women. Women can fix men.
0: Uh, imagine him in <laughs> OKC with like him and Pokeshevsky. Like, That'd be wild, yeah. Mind-bending.
1: Yeah, like what is happening right now? Yeah. Um, that's fun. I like Scotty Barnes. There's only so many ways you can swag out yourself on a basketball court with your attire. And I think he's doing the most, like he needs like a wristband up here, like an elbow wristband, maybe like reggie Tracy Jackson M- <laughs> is doing the most. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Jackson like walks in the court in like a wetsuit and goggles <laughs> and hair braids and a uh, and a headband. but uh the most normal ways like that you still look cool, he needs like a Tracy McGrady armband, and maybe like I don't know, I'm cool with the head tie. I'm down with the head tie. Um, Football, you just have like 50 options, right? You can go visor, you Too can go many face many mask, you can do how long your sleeves are. He's doing – looks like he he's a football swagged-out guy with the socks and the shorts. It's exciting. Yeah. There's a lot of potential there. A lot of, lot of potential for swagged-out guys. Uh, my next dude is um guy everyone's heard of. This is an easy scout. Um, finished second. Lost in the finals to Baylor. Uh Gonzaga's zone, Jalen Suggs, six, point, six foot four point guard, lead guard, y'all. Um, you have probably seen Jalen Suggs play basketball by this point. He's he, he's the he's the captain. Like he's the dude. Like he's that guy. Uh, he's always in control. Always knows what's going on. Kind of like our Jalen. Like
0: a cool customer.
1: Yeah, just always within himself. Knows what. Where the ball needs to be, knows how to attack the defense. Just never looks like anything's by accident. Never looks like he's okay. I got to fix this. Now I'm in an ISO situation. Just knows what needs to happen on the court at all times, and that's he's that's the most that's one of the most fun things to watch for me is just like okay, we're not doing one-on-one basketball on the wing. Um, you actually have a plan every time up and down. Stat you'll love possessions plus assists, eighty-six percentile. Uh, Things you're not going to hate, or not going to like, in ESPN's database, of all his shots, 27% from three. That doesn't mean this year, this year he was 34% on 104 shots, which isn't really enough to really drag out and extrapolate and say he's a 34% three-point shooter, but you'd like I don't know. It's, it's almost like I never ask like what Chris Paul shoots from three. I just don't, I don't really ask what Mike Conley shoots from three because it's just not, it's not a deal breaker for that kind of position. And he's that kind of guy. Uh, Maybe a little bit more size than both those dudes at six, four, a little bit better athlete at this age uh, than probably for sure. Chris Paul. And then maybe Mike Conley. Um, but just the floor general, up and down, um, the the thing that kind of sets him apart from most lead guards, and he wouldn't have, you know, gone to Gonzaga or worked in this program if he didn't, great defender, really, really good defender, likes to take the best wing, best ball handler on the other team, doesn't hide from it. Um, so that's, that's a plus where most guys you don't even think about it or it's a negative, right? And that's why I say Chris Paul or Mike Conley because they're two-way players that don't really have holes. Um, the three-point shooting needs to become a thing if he's going to be, you know, all-star level, top ten-point guard level, something more. Um, and the only, other thing I'd, only other critique I'd have on him is when he gets in the lane, there's a lot of two-foot jumping. He always tries to get to the same move, which is like, I'm in the lane, now two-foot jump, like glide, do this thing with his left hand, um, which looks really cool. And it creates like That a, counts for something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty cool, and he makes it a lot of the times. But, I don't know, people are going to scout that immediately and go, okay, you have time to get over there and probably block his shot or just make it diff- make him do something else. Make him not load up on two feet and glide and kind of left – left-hand finish, Um, but the athleticism to do something else is there. I think he could be like a one-foot jump, quick jump kind of guy once he gets in the lane, but dude is just always in the right spot, like just really, really good lead guard, point guard material, Um, immediately plugged in, starting guard. We're good through the rookie contract. Let's reevaluate in four or five years. If he goes to
0: Toronto... Van Vliet, Suggs, Siakam on Yeah. They're just good
1: again. Yeah, they're probably just good again. Super smart dude. Like, big fan of Jalen Suggs. Like, if this were a couple years ago, he's the number one pick. If we weren't obsessed with big ball handlers at this point and guys that can run 60 possessions of pick and roll, um, he's best player in college basketball, best player in a player pool type material. Yeah. He's that good. So, big fan of Jalen Suggs. When well, Gonzaga was great, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always great.
0: But you go there, and you do well there, and yeah, running that offense, I mean, like, that's just
1: yeah. – you're set up for and success. The, kind of like the opposite of Cade, where they would create mismatches for Cade to try and go to work or run plays for Cade. That just never – I don't know. They Most of them just didn't happen the way they were supposed to, and ends up him shooting a fall-away three or something. Dude, Jalen Suggs runs plays. Like, it's almost like route running, like – He's setting you up before the first motion of the play happens. Like, you've already lost. Like, you're so far off him after the first screen, and he's running through a second one. There's nothing you can do. And he's just, like, snaking through the second screen, and everyone already knows the ball's about to be there, and he can do it with his eyes closed. And like, catches it and just, like, lays it in. It's, like, freaking awesome Dude, to
0: watch. Dude, and all these guys, like, Kate is very smart, too. Scotty Barnes very smart. Franz Wagner, I'm about to talk about him. He's super smart, like... These guys are 19, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, I was like, Luca can make a pass to the corner at that age. And now, like, all these guys can do it. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It is amazing how much That's the other thing. General IQ is just skyrocketing right now. Dude, you
1: watch Jalen Suggs and you think, like, Jalen Brunson Mm -hmm. in college. Okay, Jalen was three years, right? Yeah. Jalen Suggs is 25 games. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Uh, Next up, Franz Wagner, my guy from Michigan. Of course, the younger brother of Mo Wagner, who's a center in the NBA. Franz is more of a wing, 6'9", 220, so I guess maybe a power forward, small forward, combo, your Hito Turkoglu, Denny Avdia position, kind of. Um, 6'9", 220, 7 plus wingspan. The reason I say 7 plus is because his wingspan hasn't been measured since 2017, I don't think so. No one really knows how long his arms are, but his arms are very long. Uh, longer than he is tall, for sure. Uh, at Michigan, of course, Michigan had a great team. In my opinion, the best team in the country of all time ever. 12 and half points, six and a half boards, three assists per game, 48 from the field, 34 from three, 83 and half from the free throw line, uh, second team all Big 10. He also led the Big 10 in defensive box plus minus. Um, he is a defender, dude, and, and by defender I mean like defender. He's working hard. He can handle himself in isolation. He can switch. He can play within the team. He harasses guys. He fights through, fights, fights, fights to stay in position. If he gets beat off the bounce, he tries to recover. Closes out on guys really well. He can test everything without you know putting himself into compromising positions where he's going to foul on a, you know, bite on a pump fake or foul a guy from behind where he's out of position or anything like that. Um, not sure he's guarding ones or twos in the NBA, but he can guard threes and fours for sure. Um, I'm, if he adds a little beef, he could probably even guard fives, especially like kind of the, the smaller fives. Um, really, really good individual and team defender. And then on offense, really good just team offensive player. Like he's not going to dazzle you with the three shot – the three ball is only, what, 34%, like I said, but he can pull up for three. He's willing to pull up from three, and he can do it and can make them. Um He's not like the biggest leaper of all time going to the rim. So I'm fighting through some uh, some allergies right now. <laughs> and so
1: I'm like having to uh, just get you just my get throat. you get torn up whenever you talk about Michigan it players just makes me
0: very emotional. Yeah. Uh, but going to the rim, he kind of has this like sort of swooping, like running layup, like arm fully extended Statue of Liberty style, like dropping in layup. Which again, <laughs> it's it again a running looks, hook shot. Sort of, but it's like a finger roll. I don't mm. know. It's really weird, um, but it, it, it's not great. Like, it looks cool, but it, it's not the most consistent, reliable shot. Uh, it does get not blocked at the college level, but in the NBA level, it's, it, it's a little dicey. Um, but just a really, really good player, man. Smart. Uh, Michigan plays a really good style of offense. You know, floor is very spread. Um, similar to, you know, like, it's not the same offense, obviously, but, like, Villanova, Gonzaga, to where there's a lot of space, very modern offense, very free-flowing, a lot of motion, a lot of movement. Um, And he knows where to be. He knows where to go. He knows where to move the ball, where he's going to go to get open, where he can get his teammates open, Uh, willing passer, just, like, I don't know. It's, it's very clear that Michigan is a very well-coached team, and so a lot of guys that are coming out of there, Juwan Howard's doing a really good job there, so like Isaiah Livers and a lot of guys that are coming out of Michigan, like they just know how to play, and he very clearly knows how to play on both ends of the floor. Um, he's a sophomore, so he's, what, 20, 21? You're not going to have to teach him how basketball works or anything. You could drop him in and play. I guess the question is, like, if he's a B or a B-plus at everything but not an A or an A-plus at mm-hmm. everything, are you willing to take him in the top ten? Are you willing to take him in the lottery when you think, like, maybe he's a sixth or seventh man? Maybe he's a third wing or a fourth wing uh, on a good team. But, dude, I, I look at a team like Golden State, who has seven and 14, like, you put him there where he can just, like, kind of hang on to the ball while Steph and Clay do all their crap, and then mm-hmm. he's passing to them, and he's sort of, like, back up to Draymond. Like, that's really, really interesting to me. Uh, he's just a very – I wouldn't say he's u- a unique player because – a lot of guys can do what he does, but not a lot of guys can do everything that he does. He mm-hmm. just does everything well. Uh, just a, a very interesting player to watch. Franz. Cool name, too. What's the Die Hard quote about Franz? Um, You're asking the wrong guy, pal. You love
1: Die Hard. I've never seen Die Hard. Franz Gruber. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. His name is Franz Wagner. Happy trails, Franz. No, it might be Hans. Is I don't that,
0: that Yippee Kaye? That's the movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the guy's name is Hans.
1: There was Hans, but then there's his brother. I think that they end up having to kill,
0: and his name is Franz. Yeah. So there's Hans and Franz. I'm pretty sure. Also, the guys. Uh, from I Center like Franz A-line. and Mo better.
1: <laughs> Mo. Um, well, Moritz. So yeah. you tied that guy to the Warriors. Here's the guy that's most tied to the Warriors, from what I can tell, because Damian all, Lillard. Yes. Okay. Because he's a win now, dude. Because um, he's older, and because they did just win now. Uh, Davion Mitchell, point guard, Baylor Bears, gonna be twenty three by the time he starts playing in the NBA. It's close to retirement age. That's pretty old. That's pretty old. Luca's not twenty three. And he will be going into, what, four, year four?
0: Jonathan Kamingo will have already signed his
1: rookie extension when he's, like, 21. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, Davion Mitchell. So, if you can set that set that over here in a box that he's 22 years old and going to be 23, um, that is a huge part of the evaluation, though. There's no way around that. Um, and a lot of people obviously want to c- compare him to someone that's close to a, Basically the same name, Donovan Mitchell, and because he was older. I think you'd think Donovan was 21 or 22 before he played an NBA game. Um, Six-foot-one, sometimes listed at six-foot, which is not great size, obviously. Um, but the fun stuff is 45% from three this season. Um, just overall success, the point leading point guard, leading shot getter on the best team in college basketball. That'll get you... Some some eyeballs. They were very good, dude. Yeah, they've they've been good for a long time. They were awesome. Basically, all of his offensive numbers are like off the charts. They're just like 80th percentile or higher. So there's no need in quoting one. Um, But the thing that's going to get him drafted top 10 ish, lottery ish. People say he's the best on ball defender in this class and maybe in a couple classes. I'm not gonna jump out and use superlatives like that because I honestly don't know. Like. He's really good. He's awesome. He took 15 on-ball charges. Jeez, dude. Like, it's a live dribble. A guy's, you're attacking a dude, and he draws a charge. Happened 15 times. I don't know if I saw five this year in Maverick games. Yeah. Like, Tim would do it in front of the basket and take a charge, but I don't. that's not like on-ball, like, half-court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on-ball, you're beating him to the spot. Yes. Um, things you're not going to like, lack of free throws, doesn't really have a floater, made like five total. Um, 32% last season from three, 29% season before, not a ton of attempts this year. So you don't know if the 45% is real, um, lack of verticality was kind of weird. Um, but the lateral explosiveness and lateral quickness is off the charts, dude. Like first step laterally is almost as good as Jalen green. Like just the speed, the foot speed is insane. Um, Found a little tell in his game, which is weird for a dude that's that old. Maybe this is why he didn't become this successful until this old, because he didn't have an answer like the three-point shot. But when he drives left, 56 drives going left, right? 31 of them in and at the basket. So he's getting to the hoop. He always goes back to his right hand. He's right-hand dominant, though. So it does look a little funky. He gets left, gets around you, gets a little push shot right, goes in, works, right? Uh I think it was 23 drives to the right and when he drives to the right yeah 23 possessions on drives to the right he doesn't get to the basket he stops for some reason so if he goes right i'm watching it i'm like he's gonna stop short not go to the basket okay pulls up and tries something does tries like some in between floater thing left side he always gets to the basket i don't know what it is it's just like a weird like poker tell so i caught for him uh, is scary scary terry he became a really good three-point shooter, worked his butt off Is a great defender. Um, so if you draft Davion Mitchell, three-point shooting, I think we can bank on it. It's one of those on the fringe of lock-in type things, like if he did uh, on the combine or something and knocks him down, which he didn't just say him a five 5-on-5. Five. But next, if you see him in a workout and knock down threes, then um, you can be confident in it. Size... Lack of vertical and right-hand drive thing, or the the things I would say are negatives in, a, in his game, but he's awesome. Last
0: guy, I know you got to go, Mike. I do, so I'll make it uh, make it rather quick. Keon Johnson, a problem. Davion Mitchell. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, I forgot to do it for Franz. Mm-hmm. Franz is a problem too, okay. I guess. Um, Keon Johnson, guard wing out of Tennessee, guard, probably. 6'3 half, six three, six four, somewhere in there, 185. So, you know, very, very off guardish size. Although I guess now it is. It's point guard size. 6'7 wingspan, uh, 11 points, 3 and a half boards, 2 and a half assists, 45, 27, 70 splits. SEC All-Freshman team from Tennessee. That is, of course, Josh Richardson's um, alma mater. Very explosive athlete. Go Vols. Powerful acceleration, quick leap. Good first step. I mean, dude is very, very good athlete. He can levitate in the air. He can fly. He can do all that stuff, um, which helps him. All of that powerful athleticism helps him because kind of his, his thing is just getting to the rim, just putting the ball on the ground, and come hell or high water, he is going to get to the rim, uh, which is good because the jumper, not quite there yet. Uh, nice high release, important if you're six three. Mm-hmm. You, know, you gotta you gotta shoot the ball up here. Like you sh- you watch Tim Hardaway shoot; he jumps thirty inches in the air and is still shooting it like way up here. Um, everybody, you have to do it in the NBA, especially if you're that size. Uh, but kind of like this weird like hitch at the top of the shot. A lot of the times it comes out flat. Just doesn't really get a lot of friendly bounces as a result. Uh, but that's okay. You know, he's a young guy, 19 years old. Again, teams will develop that. Um, but kind of like the. You know, good defender moves his body, moves his legs. Um, you know, is just good. But the the, the ultimate question is, like Cade Cunningham, six eight is going to be the number one pick, probably. Jalen Green, six four six five. Jalen Suggs, six four six five. Kuminga, six eight. Uh, Scotty Barnes, six seven can handle the ball. What happens if you're six three six four and you're not a point guard and you can't really shoot? It's kind of a. It's just a weird. It's a weird thing, but he's, like, universally considered one of the top prospects in the draft. I don't know if he'll be top ten. I don't know if it will be lottery or whatever, but, like, he's going to get drafted before 15, I would think. Um, off guard, they can't really shoot. So, like, I look up and down the list of the, of the teams in the lottery, like, outside the top four. Orlando, got a lot of guards. OKC, guards. Golden State, obviously, tons of guards. Sacramento, guards for days. New Orleans, they need shooting. Charlotte, they got plenty of guards. San Antonio has too many guards. Indiana has too many guards. Like, what team that needs a guard, first off, what team needs a guard in general? Second off, what team would draft a guard that can't already shoot and that can't run your offense? It's just kind of this weird sort of like almost like dead zone um, I don't know. It's just, it's like running, it's like drafting a running back in the NFL that can only be between the tackles. It's like, well, you gotta, you gotta do a little more than that. And like, Linda White is just not really like the thing anymore. You know what I mean?
1: That's a, that's a tough sell, man. That's a real tough sell for an off guard that can't shoot. And but he doesn't. can
0: defend quick guys. You know, I mean, he yeah. can defend guards. That's just a very sought after thing. But, offensively, what, what do you do?
1: Yeah. No. For sure. Um That's not a, Intriguing profile, but you know Isaac Okoro went pretty high last year. That was kind of he had a little bit more creativity off the bounce, but that's a tough one. You got to label him before you wrap up.
0: Um, I would say different. He's very different because he does different. not fit into a lot of the archetypes. <laughs> Just you know, doesn't doesn't
1: fit the mold of most the drafted guys. Well,
0: yeah, well a lot of different ones, but like dude, he can he can guard ones. And he he can guard quick ones, and he can guard twos, and he can guard some threes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is – like, I'm not trying to undersell this guy or anything. Like, defense matters. Um, But I guess maybe a team that's willing, again, to invest time and energy into developing the offensive side of his game to help sort of um, complement his defense. But I don't know. There's a chance – look, there's a chance that all of these nine guys are the first nine guys taken – there's a chance that some of these guys fall out of the lottery altogether. We have no idea, but these are nine of the names that have been floated around for a very, very long time, circulating the web, kind of considered like some of the best guys in the draft. And, you know, critical of some elements of their game, but we admire a lot of elements of their games, which is why they're ranked way up here. Uh, later this week, we got a lot more coming on the uh, kind of the rest of the first round. I'm going to be joined by Isaac Harris to talk about some of those guys. Uh, Mike watched four, and is like fed up. He's like, yeah, I'm done. Enough college no basketball. No more. It's
1: the most college basketball I could take. No more guys. More of it. I'm not
0: even going to do the fifth guy that you assigned me, Bobby. No. I'm just going to do four, and that's going to be good enough for you. You're welcome. Uh, Mike, any final thoughts or anything to plug or anything that you want Mavs fans to be thinking about or whatever before we get out of here?
1: Check us out on Draft Night. We'll be on Twitch, uh, July thirty first. Go get all the free food and beer from Bobby's Dad's Bar in McKinney. I would be careful. The pub saying or, that. or
0: something. It's called the Pub in McKinney, but okay. the free stuff is not.
1: It's totally free.
0: That's the thing about not free gonna stuff. Going to be the. That's not how it's going. Davion be.
1: Mitchell should join the Little Buff Boys traveling squad he's your kind of player dude. yeah yeah he looks like he played football and picked up basketball like one summer and was good at it which is <laughs> my kind of guy yeah. i love it um but no man check out our stuff stay with us we're gonna give you the best draft coverage we can possibly give you and way better than you know 80 percent of the people out there so now uh, gofundme.com jonathan charks t-j-a-r-k-s I spelled that right. Yeah, or go Search to Kirk
0: Serious Face on Twitter. He's the one that's putting it together. Yeah.
1: yeah Donate some money if you feel feel like doing a good thing today. But yeah, that's all I got. I gotta get out of here. I gotta do baby stuff.
0: Alright, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dirk. You're welcome. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Jalen. We'll leaving see you next time. Oh, he's like actually really just out getting out of here. How are you of Don't pull it, he's still recording.